0: This is John Kime. This is Rick Doc Walker, the DOC, and you're listening to The Mess Hall with Rally Captain and Tailgate
1: Ted. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Mess Hall. It's your boy, Tailgate Ted here, joined by my compadre, Rally Captain.
2: Hey, it's always a pleasure, my brother. And uh, if you've seen my last video that I did on TikTok, Copy that,
1: brother. I'm loving it, man. I'm loving it. And for those of you who don't know, speaking of videos, we do have a YouTube channel now. So we've actually got a bunch of people that have been watching that, leaving us a ton of feedback. One guy's actually giving us play-by-play with comments while he's watching the channel. So it's kind of funny because I try and reply back to him real time online.
2: Wow. Okay. And, and you there that guy. Shout out. What's his name?
1: Uh, DC Dave. We gave him one last week, but hey, we can give him DC one again, Dave. man. So today, we really appreciate today. it. But yeah, did you know it. that uh we've actually got a listener or listeners in Spain?
2: Hey man, it doesn't surprise me, Ted. And and the reason why I say that is because uh, my good friend Rodney Johnson was I think he was in Croatia back when he was in the Navy. And apparently a guy he was wearing a, he was wearing when we were obviously the Redskins. He's wearing a Redskins jersey and the guy says, Do you know the rally captain? And I just thought that was really weird. So, you know, I, I love the fact that we are a global market, man. And it just goes to show you that as long as there's YouTube and other venues man, we'll be worldwide and I love it. So keep it up
1: everyone. And if you are that listener in Spain, send us a DM, send us a message. Cause I got a Sean Taylor rally towel. I want to send you is thank you Hell for yeah. listening, checking us out, out there in Spain. I know we got a couple listeners in the UK, a couple in Canada, but when I was looking at the metrics, to see our subscriber list. And thank you to everybody that's hit subscribe, everyone that's hit like, everyone that's left a review. It means a lot and it's helping us out. But when I looked at the list, it was like, all right, well, England makes sense. You know, the mm-hmm. UK, we go out there, we played there back in what? I think it might've been 17, who knows. But Spain, yeah. I was shocked, man, I was shocked. Love it. But for those that aren't in Spain and that are here in the US, we uh, still have a little bit of stuff going on with uh, good old Dan. So last week, while we were recording our show, you know, it came up that Dan's lawyer said, "Hey, you know what? We are going to testify, and we're going to give you two dates." And Congress actually replied back. So we kind of screwed up our rundown. But hey, you know, kind of like Carson Wentz, you got to call an audible every once in a while. <laughs> after, but instead, Omaha. the ball is moved so congress called the bluff and said you know what we will have you come in or via zoom and testify dan snyder but we're only going to let you testify via subpoena and i cut up a couple of clips from howard gutman we had howard a couple of clips on before he was on with Kevin Sheehan. Those of you that might remember, he's a prominent D.C. attorney, and he was also the ambassador, I want to say, to Belgium under the Obama administration. But he's a pretty big wig, and he's also a diehard Redskins slash commanders fan. And for those that don't follow this as in-depth as Raleigh and me and other people in the area, a couple of these clips will kind of go over why Congress wants to make sure it's important that he testifies under subpoena. So let me jump right into this. So here's clip one.
2: Let's let's hear it.
3: So here's what happened. Um, To posture, because you've gotta have the last word in posturing, if you're either Dan Snyder or an overpaid attorney, both have the same incentive, get the last word in posturing. Um, The attorney wanted to make it look, or was ordered to make it look, the attorney for Snyder, as if Dan was always cooperative, the problem was on the hill. So the attorney for Dan Snyder said, well, he's in Europe and he's in Israel and he's probably in Pago Pago next if you're looking for a subpoena. But of course, we want to help our country. We want to get to the bottom of what Bruce Allen did. So we will testify, but only voluntarily.
1: So where we left it off was they said, yeah, we'll come in. We'll testify right before you guys go away for your summer vacation. And I could care less if they ruin Congress's summer vacation. Do hardly any work, in my opinion, anyway. So screw their vacation. Make them come in and they can't leave early. But a lot of fans have been going back and forth online. And believe it or not, I actually found one Dan Snyder supporter on Twitter the other night. And I actually had to mute him because I got tired of it. But a lot of people have been asking, why does it matter if they subpoena Snyder? And this is what Howard said in regards to why a subpoena actually matters.
3: If he gets a subpoena, if Dan Snyder gets a subpoena, he can be ordered by a court to answer every question. And when you're ordered by a court to answer every question, you cannot do, as some suggest, simply say, I don't remember, or I'm not sure of that, because if they could show that's the kind of question that you'd have to remember, even that would be perjury. So Dan, if he got a subpoena, would have to actually answer questions, like, what did you do with this person here? Did you ever do this there? What did you know? Did you see this film? Did you see this calendar? He'd have to answer the questions. What Dan has generally done is, whenever there's been trouble around, he's paid to settle it and gotten an NDA. So he can claim for anything that he's remotely worried about, there is a non disclosure agreement somewhere. And as long as he's testifying voluntarily, He can always give the answer, you know, I'd love to answer, but this is a non-disclosure agreement, and he could stay away from anything uh, that would be anything anyone would want to know about. In fact, the only answer we'd ever hear is, I think you need to ask Bruce Allen about that. He must have done
1: that one. So I do think it's kind of odd that if Congress really wanted to get to the bottom of this, that they haven't subpoenaed Bruce Allen but they haven't brought in Larry Michael or some of the other executives that were unceremoniously let go when all this scandal happened. And I really believe that they're not trying to get to the bottom of this or trying to make an example. And we've said it before, from a fan's perspective, I don't care what happened. I just want to know the truth about what happened. So that's why I'm hoping on the 28th, since I can't get a pass to training camp, I get a pass to Congress and actually maybe get to sit in a little, uh, You know, they've got viewing seats, if you've ever taken a tour of the Capitol, to actually watch this testimony, even though he's going to be via Zoom. And I'm hoping it's actually via subpoena, so he can't just dodge the questions. And I know we talked, it's kind of getting old, but a lot of fans don't know what the difference is versus voluntarily coming in or being forced to come in via subpoena.
2: Well, the, the, the deal also, Ted, is, let's face it, if I'm on the hook for something, and I can get out of it by saying I don't remember or that's not really what we'd have, then that's what he's going to try to do. And they're trying to drill him down to the point to where he can't do that. But come on, man. You know, what more do we expect out of this? Some type, shape, form, of fashion, I just feel as though no matter what, we're not going to get what we're looking for. We're, look, we're looking for that smoking gun. The fact is it's been shot three years ago and the smoke's gone, you know? I want justice like everyone else does, but at what point in time are we gonna say, all right, you know what, it, it's gone. You know, we, we, we can't get anything. We, my mom used to always say, I can't squeeze blood from a turtle. And that's what it seems like we're really trying to do right now. And so mm-hmm. I see him I see him see him continually to duck and dodge until he can't do it anymore. And then finally, they're going to say, okay, okay, enough's enough. We, we, We don't have anything. Move on.
1: And speaking of ducking and dodging, a lot of people are saying, well, he can just plead the fifth, even if he does show up and does, you know, maybe testify, assuming that the connection on Lady S actually works and he's got good Wi-Fi. Well, in actuality, Howard Gutman kind of clarifies that during his interview.
3: If you're going to assert the Fifth Amendment, then you need to do it pretty much across the board because right. the government's going to claim that you've waived it by answering almost anything. Once you get past your name, the government can claim you've waived uh, if you begin to answer. You can't selectively
1: choose. So that was actually news to me that you can't selectively choose what you want to plead the Fifth on and what you don't want to. So if you start answering, then you've got to kind of keep going all the way through. And I'm sure a lot of other fans, sort of a legal degree, didn't know that either. Because, you know, knock on wood, I haven't had to appear in front of a lot of courts. So a lot. You know,
2: huh?
1: I'm knocking right now. Please don't pull up my criminal record or history or, you know, driving record, <laughs> whatever it may be. But I had no idea. I thought that you could just say, hey, uh, I plead the fifth on this one, but something else just kind of go the other route. And it makes sense now why. That's not a real form of defense, even though, you know, a lot of older people might remember like the Ollie North trials where that's pretty much the entire thing he said.
0: Mr. Hamilton, on the advice of counsel, I respectfully and regretfully declined to answer the question based on my constitutional
1: rights. When all that came up.
2: Well, let me say this, man, if I can interject this. You know, I've never been one to necessarily agree with attorneys, but Snyder's attorneys basically have said that there's no basis for this subpoena. And I kind of, I mean, outside of making us feel good for the truth, I mean, it's, it's rough, bro. It, it is, man. And, and so I, I kind of feel that, that there is no basis behind this.
1: What do you say? So I don't agree with that. It's a baseless subpoena because Congress and Howard Gutman and a bunch of the people that are a lot smarter than me with their 12-year college educations know that Snyder can dodge the question. So if Mm -hmm. they really want to get to the bottom of this and they can't or they don't want him to let NDAs stop the truth from coming out, then the subpoena really is the only way it's going to happen. We all know that nothing is really gonna come of this. And Congress and Carolyn Maloney saying that we're gonna serve him a subpoena, knowing that they can't serve him a subpoena while he's overseas was just a false statement. And it was bravado in front of everybody knowing that we're all watching or a majority of people are watching online and are gonna see the news after the fact on, you know, pro football talk or ESPN, that's not a subpoena by Congress. But okay. if you dig down into it, I'm thinking to myself, when is this man gonna come back in the country? Because it's an election year for Congress and everyone thinks it's going to go back to being the Republicans. So that means the House Oversight Committee, which is democratically controlled is gonna be controlled by the Republicans. And sorry for the political talk, but that's just kind of is what it is when it comes to this team. So once Republicans take over, they have famously said, this is a waste of time and we don't want to explore this. So does that mean Snyder's not going to be back for the first commander's game in September? And he's going to be hiding out on Lady S someplace in, you know, the, who knows, Greece or Italy or Pago Pago. I not even know that was an actual place.
2: Yeah, that's an actual place. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm not a travel agent. I do know one, but you know, I just, when's this man gonna actually come back in the country? Because there is a yacht tracker and there are things out there that can tell when he does come back. And it's just, he does have a self-imposed suspension from day-to-day operations, but we all saw him looking like he was the Unabomber at games last year with his oversized hoodie on and his beard he hadn't shaved in months. It's just gonna be weird knowing that co-owner of this team isn't going to be at their games as the first season as the commanders because he's avoiding a subpoena.
2: Hey man, rich people play the game, bro. They play the game.
1: It it must be nice to be rich because you know I don't have that kind of cast to be able to dodge nah. these things. And you know, his attorney has the opportunity to accept it, but they refuse to. So Kevin asked Howard, well, why doesn't Congress just call his bluff? And so why not just call his bluff?
3: Because um, it would be a victory for Dan Snyder if he were even a D student. You don't need to be articulate. You don't need to... Let's look up the setup. He is in the conference room in Israel with, surrounded by his attorneys. He has no compulsion to ask anything that the attorney says... You, to answer anything that the attorney says you should not answer. So if it's a question about anything other than if it's Tiffany Johnson, we both know that's relatively recent and he doesn't believe he did anything wrong. And Tiffany Johnson, that's the one, did he touch her leg under the table and did he kind of steer her into his limo after the event? Um, And on those, he has probably pretty vanilla explanations and they're probably pretty accurate. He'll answer that. If it's about changes in the team, and policies and the hiring of females and the hiring of blacks and and the change in atmosphere he'll answer those if it's anything else like the beth wilkinson investigation the lawyer will say we would love to answer but those are all covered by the nda and i'm instructing my client not to answer and no one can move to compel that answer if it's not by subpoena
1: so i know we're beating a dead horse this is you know going on for a couple of months now and i hate to say it, but I think it's going to go on for a couple of more until the oversight committee gets new leadership and they just completely drop this Because we're what 10 days away from training camp. You know, not even, I don't have a counter. So just, you know, less than two weeks away from training camp and we can hopefully finally talk about football. He's supposed to testify on the 28th. And what I'm hoping is the players when they're at camp on the twenty eighth, don't get drugged through the mud and pestered with these questions. Last week I don't think we talked.
2: I don't think the players. I don't think the players are going to be. Let me tell you something. If one thing that I know. This is. You know how the news cycle works, bro. Oh yeah. So 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 this will become an old story once training camp starts. What people are going to be focused on is, is Curtis Curtis Samuel's in camp. How did Jahan Dotson look? How did Carson went, Carson Wentz look? That's what they're going to be focused on. And you may have a little clip possibly of what's going on with Dan Snyder. But here's one thing, and, and, and let's try to wrap this up. Here's one thing. What happens if Dan says, you know what? I do remember um, brushing up against her, trying to get into, to get her into the limo. I, I do remember that. And he answers the question. How is that going to make you feel? Me personally? Yeah. What's that going to do for you, or what do you think that's going to do for the fan base if, if by chance he does say something like, you know what, I do, you know what, I vaguely remember brushing up against her trying to, she was a little inebriated, hypothetically now, this is hypothetically, folks, oh, i yeah. take this, but this, she was a little inebriated, I was a little inebriated, and I do remember accidentally brushing up against her trying to steer her into the limousine. You answer the question, what did that do to you, me, the fan base?
1: to the fan base. It just gives the ones that hate him more fuel. For me personally, anything could come out, whether it's that or he engineered, you know, a takeover of something whatever it may be until the other owners or until the NFL decides to do something about it, it's not gonna change my opinion one way or the other because I'm not gonna let it change my fandom or change the team I root for I just want us to be in the news for on the field matters versus off the field matters. And we talked about, and we played a clip from Logan Paulson from the take command podcast on their recent show, Logan and Craig Hoffman talked to John Kine and Logan came out and said, when he was then playing for the Redskins, the players would actually get meetings At training camp and refreshers during the season about how to address. Any media that asks you about the team name Redskins are separated.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good question. You know, like the closest experience I had to this when I was playing was the team name and how like uh, Dan, at least when I was on the team, really wanted to make sure that the name stayed the same and did not change. And so we actually had team meetings on that. And so like that's team meeting time that could be allocated to day one install that you're spending talking about how you want to refer to The team name and how you want to refer to statistics that they've you know that they've mined to kind of support their position and then that meeting came up i I don't want to say it was infrequent but it was once every two three months you have kind of a refresher on some of the statistics and things like that so again like even and again the reporters you said like it's grade a story they want Quotes. They want information. And so they'll start asking players about it. And players don't know that much about it. I'm, I'm pretty sure. There's probably a couple guys who are pretty dialed in, but they don't know, they know that much about it. So the team has to make sure that they know they have something to say about it. And they have to spend time kind of insulating themselves. So, you know, it's not going to like fracture the locker room. It's not going to affect guys day to day, but it is going to affect how the team installs their offense how they allocate meeting time how the guys are prepping for their for their media pressers and things like that so while it's not going to like shake the the foundations of the team it is a distraction in some sense that that makes it tough you know especially when you're trying to make the team or when you're trying to you know get ready for the 2022 season that is something you just don't want to deal with I remember as a player I found it super annoying that you had to deal with that but you know the media has a job i have a job i want to get information about this i need a quote from somebody and that can be really challenging and john can-
1: so they would actually have training sessions coaching sessions on what to say back taking really away from film session taking away from install taking away from real football stuff that's the part i got a problem with because the players only have so much time with coaches in the building per NFLPA agreements. They can't stay there 24-7. They're only allowed to be in the books and where the coaches so long. So I don't want these players that are trying to learn a new playbook or a system or whatever it may be, being coached on what to say back to a John Kahn or a Matt Paris or JP Finley or a AP reporter that's not from the DC area trying to get an answer out of a commander's player to go viral. That's what pisses me off about the situation because it's taking away from what matters the most. And that obviously is going to happen because it happened in the past.
2: Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense.
1: But speaking of training camp, you know, a little bummed out those that have uh, followed me on Twitter. And if you don't, it's at tailgate Ted and my man rallies is at rally captain. This past Friday, I got a letter from the commanders and they politely let me know that the lottery passes that I had signed up for, unfortunately, were not coming in. So those that don't remember, the commanders aren't having camp in Richmond. I was surprised how many fans replied back that didn't know that the team wasn't gonna be in Richmond. And I get it, they don't follow the team like you and I do, but I was still kind of shocked all the people replied that said, Oh, we were going to drive to Richmond at the start of camp. So I'm kind of glad they're not doing that now, but
2: well, yeah, I think that it almost needs to you need to have some type of uh, public service announcement or something that, that, that people know, because like you, there are people who are on my Facebook page, Twitter page, more so the, the rally captain fan page on Facebook who don't know or didn't know about camp and so I was trying to explain it to them and they were saying what do you mean camp is free and I'm like okay time out guys (laughs) you you got you got to go through the whole spiel from A to Z which I don't mind doing you know because each one teach one but I I, is the situation to where you really shouldn't have to do that I shouldn't have to do that as a fan I think that you know if you're going to shut it down then you need to I don't know put an ad out in the paper or, or, or even go to USA Today if people still watch USA Today or, or CNN. I don't know, but just so the mass people know so they won't be upset because let's face it, come the 27th, there's going to be someone who's going to show up to Richmond and be like, uh, what's going on? It's, <laughs> it's going to happen.
1: Oh, yeah. And I hope that's someone that lives in Richmond that didn't drive a couple of hours or is flying in to get down there because the tweet I sent on Friday said it looks like I won't be able to see commanders training camp in Ashburn ending my streak of going every year for decades I didn't win the fan lottery it's frustrating that all you want to do is support this team and they're making it more difficult to do so so the letter that they sent out was just a generic form letter anyone that submitted via the lottery said dear tailgate thank you for your interest in attending training camp unfortunately you were not selected through a free fan lottery system to attend one of our dates in Asheville. However, you have been automatically added to the standby list for your selected dates, and you'll be notified within 48 hours of the training camp practice if an attendee slot becomes available. Fans will be chosen off the standby list in the order of received their lottery entry. So I live in D.C. I know you're down in Virginia, but we've got fans, and we just you know talked about one earlier that lives in Spain. They've got fans like Tim Meek, my boy from Indy, that is literally looking at plane tickets to fly here. And I talked to him on the phone the other day because he found a ticket that gets him in to Dulles at seven o'clock in the morning that Friday and leaves at 10 o'clock that night, $400. I mean, God bless that man for wanting to fly in for training camp and spend $400 on free passes, but he doesn't actually have training camp passes like you and I don't have passes. So I sent that out and it got over 101,000 looks and I got a lot of people and some within the organization that reached out saying, well, we have the free fan practice at FedEx Field. And I, I politely replied and said, I'm sorry, but if you think that that free practice at FedEx Field provides you the same interaction and intimacy of trading camp, then you're sorely mistaken and you've never been to a camp as a fan. So mm. the team trying to compare that practice to camp, I, I, I get there's a company line you got to toe, but that's not the right one. And it was just frustrating to hear that.
2: Well, let's face it. When you put on a production at FedEx Field, you want maximum participation and that's how they're looking at it you know what was it last year they did it and it was a huge success it was the first time they'd ever done it and it was a huge success but they also had camp in richmond um and i i tried to i tried to 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 give it a, a numbers hypothetical if you will and i said let's say you know richmond has hold 2,000 people. Now, we know it can probably hold more than that, but I was just trying to give some num- hypothetical numbers. If Richmond can hold 2,000. Aspirin can maybe hold 200. Now, I'm sure that Aspirin probably can hold more than 200. Like I said, these are just hypothetical numbers, but you've cut your numbers down tremendously. And if we're going to talk about this fan base, in which we alluded to earlier, we said that this is a global fan base, obviously. So, You want maximum participation, not minimal. And although people feel lucky that they did get an email stating which day they can come to camp. Yeah. Man, Eddie Money. Although people feel good and lucky that they did make the lottery got a lot of other people who are struggling to do anything they'll, they'll sell their firstborn to come to camp and i think that no matter how many ways you try to explain to us as a fan that this is the right thing to do we don't see it that way and i and i think it's a slap in the face and and, and here's the bad thing about all that so you are lucky to get your ticket you're only gonna be there You're going to put up with traffic for roughly who knows how many hours. You're only going to be at camp for two. Chuck Woolery used to say, for my people that are old enough, two and two. Two hours, folks. That's all you get, nine to 11. So, ah, it's rough, man.
1: It is. It is.
2: it's, It's real rough.
1: It's frustrating because those that were lucky enough to go to Richmond know that you had a morning session and you had an afternoon session. And a lot of us would leave, go get lunch. I would go to ZZQ, go hang out. I remember sitting out there and Tony Wiley was at a table beside me and, you know, just kind of shooting the ass back and forth over some brisket. Now, like you said, you get two hours. And a lot of fans that were selected, they, you know, thank you to everyone that's reached out because a lot of people have been offering me passes. And I've been redirecting those tickets to fans with families because a bunch of parents messaged me saying, we had no idea that we weren't gonna be able to take our kids. We didn't know that it was a lottery system. And that one guy I talked about that was a huge Dan Snyder fan that I eventually muted on Twitter said, well, all season season ticket holders were told in advance that it was gonna be this way. It's like, hey, excuse my language, but jackass, not all of these people are season ticket holders. Some of these people are just fans. Not everyone can afford season tickets and training camp has always been free. And that's when they get a chance to take their kids to actually go see players practice and this and that. So don't assume that everyone's a season ticket holder that wants to go. So the media didn't know. I actually had a producer for Fox 5 text me on Friday night. After my message went out there, seeing it saying, Hey, do you want to come on and talk about it? And no, I didn't want to go on there just to bash the team and no good's going to come out of it. But a lot of people just didn't realize. So I've been trying to help fans that did get the passes that can't use them, put them in hands of families that can because they didn't realize it was a nine o'clock to 11 o'clock. And why is it only nine o'clock to 11 o'clock? Where in the past, we had a morning and an afternoon session. So, that part makes no sense to me either.
2: They also need to understand that, like you said, not all of our fan base are season ticket holders. You may have a fan that may only be able to come to see one home game or maybe not even one home game. I, I was talking to a young lady who said, I can't even afford to see any game except for on TV. But training camp was my one and only time out of the two weeks that I could get down there and actually be elbow to elbow with the players and maybe have a, a although brief conversation with the actual players. Now, that's ruined. I I don't have that. Now, I don't know how the structure will be. uh, FedEx. But um, I'm really wondering, will the players – you know, how close we'll be able to get to the players. Because as you know, in Richmond and in training camp, and I'm sure in Ashburn, it'll be the same way. There's basically just a rope that separates you from the player. You can get a great selfie. I mean, you can have an autograph, your hat, whatever wear that you may bring to the autograph. I don't know if you'll be able to do the exact same thing at FedEx. Do you know about that?
1: So last year you couldn't at FedEx. I mean, you were definitely in the bleachers. And part of why they had that camp practice at FedEx was because it was the first time they actually had more than 5,000 fans at FedEx since COVID. So those of us that got to go to that Giants game during 2020, they only had just a handful of fans there. So that was also a dry run for the new staff to get used to being at FedEx, to get used to, you know, for the team, where to go. A lot of those players actually hadn't been there. So that's part of why that Friday night practice happened. And, you know, some of the executives I talked to him, like, are we going to do that again? I actually asked them that during minicamp when you and I were there. And they said, you know, now that the cat's out the bag, they said, yeah, we're looking to do that. But I wasn't sure exactly if it was going to happen. And I get we're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. But for me, I'm not, I don't get autographs. I I don't take, well, I have taken selfies with some players, but I don't get autographs. I'm not one of those people, but like you said earlier, you know, some people can't afford to go to games. So there were a bunch of people that messaged back and were replying that they remember being a fan of this team because they went to Carlisle, they went to Frostburg and they watched camp as a kid. And that's the problem that I have and why when I talked to one of the executives the other day, why I told him the issue is in my mind, the team does not want to spend money and you have to spend money to make money. And where I'm saying they don't want to spend money. They didn't want to pay Richmond to have camp down there. And Michael Phillips from the Richmond times dispatch came out with a statistic the other day saying that 81% of NFL teams are actually having camp at their home facility. So I replied back to him and said, okay, that's great, Michael. But how many of those 81% of teams have room at their facility to host fans? I know the Texans do because I got a bunch of friends that are Texans fans. And I see their pictures and we've seen it on hard box. You know, the Cowboys do. But, you know, for those that have been to Ashburn, they don't have bleachers set up. They don't have anything like that. So you're all literally standing on a flat field. And if you got someone that's taller than you know, 5'11 standing in front of you, you're not gonna see anything. So it's not the best experience to watch something, but it's the chance to be there. And for me, and I'm not gonna speak for you, but for me, it's a chance to be around our fellow fans again. And part of what I love is our fan base, getting to talk to the fans about how their offseason was, about their hopes and wishes and what they see our team doing. So it's not just about watching the guys practice and watching the guys run through drills and cones. It's about getting together as like a fan reunion before the season starts. And they don't get that.
2: Yeah. Well, I can tell you right now, Ted, you brought up something very, very good. And for the commanders, staff that are watching Ted brought up a valuable point and that point is you've got roughly 100 yards of field that's uh, on the other side of the rope put up some temporary bleachers so that your fans can sit down I know that we bring lawn chairs and I know that it wasn't that way in Richmond however this is a different beast so spend a little bit of money and have some bleachers brought in so that, like Ted said, the person who's smaller or the, you know, the person who may uh, have a, a height issue can fit in a stand a little higher to be able to see what needs to be seen. Just a little bit of money. We're not asking for a lot. All right, This is, this is difficult for everybody. And this, this is my way of trying to smooth things over with you guys. We're not asking for a lot. But see about putting some temporary bleachers up that might help a lot, trust and believe.
1: Yeah, and it'll go a long way. I mean, we know you guys know the number, to. Uh, what I think it was Dragon Seats, where they sent those benches to uh, Dallas and to Philly. I mean, see if those guys make bleachers and put their logo over everything and stick it out there for free advertisement and see if you can help some of these fans out because those that are lucky to get a golden ticket Cause I've got a golden ticket, I've got a golden
0: twinkle in
1: my eye. We want them to be able to actually watch and I need them to tweet and send some pictures out because we weren't lucky enough to get one. And I know that I could reach out and ask for one, but I don't want to play that card. You know, I'm hoping one of the players' agents actually reached out and is trying to work on passes for you and me. It's Tuesday the 19th, hasn't come through yet, but we'll see what happens. But if we aren't out there, we want whoever is to be able to get a good view.
2: I have a correction, Ted. I actually do have a ticket for the 29th. Okay. So if, I made you believe, if I made you believe that I didn't have one, I apologize. I, I got an email that said the 29th. The, the issue with me is the 29th. My job is saying, "Cap, yeah, we need you here." Versus that rest camp. Excuse me. Look at that. It's, in, it's ingrained in me. <laughs> it's, it, it, we need you at work versus that commander's camp. And so I'm I'm struggling right now because I may not. I I have a ticket, but I may not be able to attend. So I'm hoping that we can flip some things around here and. I can get one day because I'm not going to be able to go to the camp on the 6th. I've already committed myself to something else, which if I would have known, I would have been at camp, I would have been at FedEx, excuse me. But I've already committed and, and I'm a man of my word. So I already said that I'm going to be there on the 6th. So that's where I got to be on the 6th, I can't be at FedEx. No,
1: nah, and we get it and I'm, I'm hoping we can get this to work out. But you know, for those of you that are lucky enough, enjoy it and know how lucky you are. And I was telling everyone that message back, go buy a Powerball ticket. Because I don't know how many people submitted for the lottery. But I know a lot of people that didn't get it. And I don't know, like you said, you know, 200 fans, hypothetically, just throwing numbers out there, who knows how many it actually is, but have fun and have a good time. But I'm curious, what two players in your opinion, need to have a good training camp? Who needs to actually shine and stand out? And yeah, I get we're talking about practice, but from your opinion, who do you think needs to actually kind of explode out there?
2: Uh, well, so I've actually got three, but I'll, I'll give you two. And if you've got enough time, the third will be a bonus. Believe it or not, I'm looking at AGG. AGG has to fall out in camp. I believe that he is on the bubble, brother. And when I say a bubble, I mean, they're just looking to go and, and get rid of him. Because he hasn't shown much when he was a receiver. He, he, I mean, he, obviously, he showed enough to stay around. But as far as staying around, we can't have that anymore. We need, some, we need people who are stars. And, and they transition him from the receiver to tight end will he be able to uh, carry the load? I just don't know, man. But he's a he's guy who I'm looking for uh, to, to carry the weight. Um, the other person is something that I brought up before. Um, I said that we were going to be looking at guys from the USFL and the new league that, that just happened. They just finished their, their season. And what did we do? We signed a guy and we signed... Cornerback, Juan Neal. I'm looking to see if his game transfers over to the NFL side. We know he can do it on a, on a smaller league scale, but will he be able to actually step his game up to actually become a pro? And that's who I'm looking forward to. I, I, our, our cornerbacks, we our numbers are very, very low, bro. So I think that if we can bolster our numbers with cornerbacks, he's going to be a guy I look forward to seeing stand out.
1: No, those are two good ones. And I was, I was worried you were going to take mine, but you definitely didn't. And in regards to AGG, I mean, on the depth chart wise, you know, you've got Logan Thomas, who is most likely not going to start the season, just considering when his injury was and when he had a surgery. So after him, you got John Bates and Cole Turner. So obviously those two are a lock, but then you've got Samus Reyes, who is, Co-captain of the Ashburn Cycling Team, didn't do a single thing during OTAs and minicamp. And I'll be curious to see if he gets off that bike or if he keeps that yellow you know, Tour de France jersey going on on that bike. And then you've got AGG, who actually did participate in OTAs and minicamp. And I know he walked up when we were out there and I think you took a picture with him, if I'm not mistaken. I did. And man is jacked. You can tell he's conditioned But switching from wide receiver to tight end, a lot of people are thinking, oh, well, that's not that big a deal. It's a difference. You know, can he handle that? And will he be able to? Because they're going to go into camp with the end of the season with at least four. So Logan, does he start on the pup list? And Samus, that project, would the team risk letting him go? Because they're not going to be able to stash him on the reserve squad or stash him on the practice squad because someone else will scoop him up. So I'm hoping for AGG's sake, he does get a chance to actually show some traits because we know he can catch. Can he block? And one thing I love about John Bates is he's not as one-dimensional as I thought. Last year when he came in, I really thought he was just a blocking tight end. But when Logan went down, and I can't remember the other guy that we lost this past year, but... When he left, or he got hurt, John Bates came in and filled in no problem. I mean, he is slow, but he does have the ability to run some routes. Yeah. So hoping that AGG can make it, or well, they pick someone else up.
2: You want to talk about someone who was slow. Who, who was the slowest tight end you ever seen? Witten. Mm-hmm. Witten was slow, but oh, he yeah. still made the crucial catch. And so that's like you. I'm hoping that uh, Bates he can make the crucial catch, and we've seen it.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, size-wise, Jason Whitten, that man was a monster. So, we'll see. One other thing, you know, quickly on John Bates, we talked about being out there. John actually signed this little kid's – he gave him his gloves from workout that day and signed them and gave them to him because it was his Mm -hmm. birthday. Not a lot of the players do that, man, and that kind of earned a spot in my heart for John where I'm hoping he does nothing but succeed here because people, players that take the time – to help those kids build those memories, you know, Hey, Hey, commanders. That's what camp is all about. Getting a chance to grow that young fan base and talking about that cornerback you picked up. When I saw that pick up, I'm thinking they need to fill out a 90 man roster and it's camp fodder. I hope for that young man's sake, it's not. And he gets a chance because you are right. We are pretty thin in the secondary. And if he can ball out, he's got a chance to actually make this. So my two players, One kind of a no-brainer, I feel, Jamin Davis. 19th pick in the draft last year out of Kentucky. He had 48 solo tackles last season, which is actually 109th in the league, and he had one sack. So I'm going to read what the NFL said his strengths were, and I'm curious if you saw any of these strengths in his limited playing time. So this was his pre-draft strength, according to NFL.com. Big linebacker with desired athleticism inside. Put a mark into every category, including block kick and defensive touchdown in 2020. Plays with impressive focus and vision. Gains ground quickly with clean lateral scrape. Peripheral vision to play around angle blocks. Displays ability to work off block quickly when positioning is right. Controlled pursuit transitions to tackle and ready platform combines length and play strength as optimal finishing tools, coverage recognition to work high to low, quarterbacks must respect his catch radius and ability to take it away. And I get he played for Kentucky and he only had 11 starts at Kentucky, but I don't see any of those strengths when it comes to him in the NFL yet. I'm not trying to be overly harsh on the kid, but as the 19th overall pick in the draft, you have to produce now. This team is not at a point where they can have a prospect first round anything. So in my eyes, he's got a show. And in OTAs and mini camp, he wasn't on the field. It was Cole Holcomb and David Mayo in two backer sets. Why are they hiding James? What the world's going on? Is he still not ready? And yes, it's year two, but is he still not a rep?
2: But the thing is, Mayo, that's his position. Holcomb, that's his position. That isn't Davis's position. And I've said all along, you can't force a freaking round peg in a square hole. And that's what they tried to do. It's, it's a lot deeper than that. You know that as well as I do. And the fan base knows that. So don't try to trick us. You tricked yourself, meaning the team. You tricked yourself thinking that he could do it. And then when you get the blowback, you, you try to say, well, wait a minute, guys. He, he's got a curve. We don't want to hear that because look who didn't is a, is a rookie as well. And, and as much as I hate mentioning the Cowboys, you know, look at um, – oh, I just got the kid's name. He was a beast last year. Yeah, Michael Parsons. Parsons. He yeah. was a beast last year. He was a straight-up beast last year. They, they, they put the kid in positions to where he could win. And that's what they need to do with Jameis. Put him in positions to where he can win. Not where you think he can, or maybe he should. The kid has a motor, let him eat. And that's what that's what it boils down to, having a true dog. I believe he can do it, but put him in a position to succeed. And we didn't do it last year.
1: But I'm not even talking about last year. I'm talking about OTAs and minicam. He wasn't even on the field during practice. They kept him on the sideline. So why are you not letting this young man who obviously needs the reps practice with your team? And J.P. Finley interviewed Cole Holcomb earlier this offseason, talking about how the team is going to a more two linebacker set. So they're going to be in more of a nickel and have five DBs, whatever it may be. Well, are you doing that because you're trying to hide this first round pick? Or you're doing that because that's where the league is going. And I'm not going to claim I'm smarter than Jack Del Rio, even though I think I am based on his comments. But I just want to know or see in camp that Jamin is getting reps. And if he doesn't succeed with those reps, then okay, move on. When we had Dwayne Haskins here, you know, God rest his soul. All I wanted to see Out of Rivera and Haskins was give him a chance to succeed or fail. And unfortunately, it didn't work out. With Jamin Davis, all I want to see is give him a chance to succeed or fail. You can't tell me he can't do it if he's just sitting on the sideline. And give him that chance now while we're, you know, the blanks, while they're not live, while There's no W's or L's that are going to be racked up against us because his weaknesses, according to the NFL.com website was just 11 career starts talented, but inexperienced will show its times needs to diagnose and respond just a shade quicker as a pro average toughness in his take on of lead blockers room for improvement with hand usage underestimates pursuit angle from time to time. All of those weaknesses you need to, get practice on you can't learn and fix those weaknesses with game film you need to be on the field and that's what i want to see Jamin on the field
2: well i agree with you Ted. i i definitely do um it just goes to show you sometimes our organization is afraid to say no and what i mean by that is you know the phoenix cardinals when um I can't think of the kid's quarterback name. He was a first-round pick for the Cardinals. After the first year, they said, no, he didn't have it. Who did they bring in? They brought in Kyler Murray. So our organization needs to go ahead and say, you know what, we see something, but not where you need to be. So we made a mistake, even though they won't admit it. We made a mistake. And so, like you said, cast him off and let somebody else pick him up or put him in a better position. I honestly believe And and here we go again, the captain's with his heart. You know, I had my heart with the Terry McLaurin deal and I got my heart with Jamin, but they're going to find a place for him and they just haven't found it yet. Or maybe he could be that X-Man in the defense that they're not talking about in the public. Maybe, you know, maybe he's that X-Man that when the public goes away, Jamin comes to play.
1: (laughs) I hope you're right, man, because the media only gets to watch so much of camp. And then they have to leave. They only get invited uh, so much. And then fans are only at certain practices. So, yeah, there could be something that they're scheming up that we don't know about. But, you know, the kid is a physical freak. I mean, he's got the tools. The game is just too fast for him right now. And I don't see how he's going to catch up to that speed unless he's actually out there practicing with his teammates. And the second person... The second person that I want to see, and I am i don't want to say concerned about, but the second person I want to see have a great camp is Antonio Gibson. And some might be surprised that I'm saying A.G., but the team drafted Brian Robinson Jr. for a reason. And A.G., he lost, what, he had lost four fumbles last year. He put six balls on the ground. And we know that... He sat down a couple of times last season because when came to it, he dropped that ball in the red zone. He just put us in a bad situation. So I'm not saying the team drafted Robinson to eventually supplant AG, but I think AG needs to have a good camp because everything I'm hearing about Robinson is people thought he was coming in to fill that Peyton Barber role, that bruiser back, that goal line back. But I'm hearing, you know, his coach Randy Jordan actually came out and said that Robinson reminds him of Alfred Morris and Adrian Peterson. I mean, yeah. he's a natural running back that is able to do things. And this is a quote from coach Jordan. He's nifty. Now he's sneaky. Nifty. The thing is he's six two and has the ability to move backward. Like there's a couple runs he had in there. And I said, Hey man, that's scary. Good. Like that's graduate work. Like that's tour level. And Coach Jordan was talking about how Gibson, not Gibson, sorry, that Robinson was setting up linebackers before Lyman got there with his shoulder pads and with his eyes, knowing that he wasn't going to go that way, but he had to give his lineman time. And I feel that Antonio Gibson left a lot of yards on the field last season. And we talked about AGG going from wide receiver to tight end. We still got to keep in mind Gibson is going from wide receiver to running back, mm-hmm. so it's not his natural position. And running back, I almost feel that a rookie easily supplanter in if he balls out in camp. And I think Ag needs to show that yes, he had a thousand yards, but more importantly, he's got that ball security and has really rounded his game out.
2: Well, one thing that we do know is that everyone and I mean everyone loves Gibson but at the same time like you said if the fumbles continue to happen he's gonna find less playing time and someone else is gonna take his spot and you know I think originally they brought him in to uh I think they brought him in to probably short yardage if you will but uh, and to give Antonio a break. But I think that, like I said, if, if he continues to put the ball on the ground, he's going to lose that playing time. And a more natural runner, if you will, is going to be able to step into his shoes because, it, like you said, it happened last year. I mean, he was pretty upset. That, that Chargers game, I think we, we were there, brother. We, we, were, we were right there. The fat lady was starting to warm up for us, and he dropped a rock. I think on like the eight yard line or within the ten yard line or something yeah. like that, and uh, and uh, they capitalize and they win the game, you know. So can't have that this year, and I think that they probably will sit him sooner than later. Yeah, we know you got potential, but potential doesn't help the team win games. So we got to go with the more prominent person who's going to not drop the field.
1: No, and he can't afford to have mistakes. And I'm hoping that competition brings it out of him and, you know, he starts succeeding and we can see more. I know there was an article in the Washington post chef Mel famous chef of a lot of the players got him on a new diet. He lost a ton of weight, but put it on as kind of body mass and muscle. And he did a whole allergy plan where they found out that his liver wasn't doing well because of some of the food he was putting in his body. Cause there was a game where he watched the film, and I don't remember which one it was. If I can find the clip, I'll play it on the YouTube page.
2: Pressure on. Dumps it off at a screen to Gibson. And Antonio Gibson running like a receiver. Can he be caught by Tredavious White? Eventually, yes. All the way inside the 10 and into
1: the end zone for a touchdown. <laughs> but he talked about how he got caught at the five-yard line but still made it in the end zone was able to come in. And he realized that he was carrying on too much weight. So he's actually shed a couple of pounds, a lot of the coaches and everyone can see it. So I'm hoping that that means he's gonna be more durable because he's not carrying extra weight because I think they said every pound a running back carries extra that he's not supposed to is however many hundreds of pounds worth of just extra wear and tear on his knees. And we know he had a toe problem going into last training camp that he never got surgery on. So we'll see what he can do. But you talked about everybody loving Antonio. Well, ESPN, I know how much you love these, you know, ranking charts. Jeremy Fowler from ESPN actually surveyed more than 50 league executives, coaches, scouts, and players. And they asked them who their top 10 running backs in the NFL were. So real quick, last year, Antonio was sixth in the league, with a thousand yards so top 10 in the nfl yardage wise where do you think antonio is on this espn list of his execs coaches and peers
2: Ooh, uh gosh i'm gonna have to uh pass the pill to you because uh, I, I don't defer to you because i don't know bro what do you think
1: so i know the list so you know it's it's a little uh cheating at this point, but let me go from 10 to one. And you tell me if you think where he's going to be. So number 10 was Javante Williams from the Broncos. Number nine, Aaron Jones from the Packers. Number eight, Najee Harris from the Steelers. Seven, Christian McCaffrey from the Panthers. Six, Joe Mixon from the Bengals. Five, Alvin Kamara from the Saints. I would have expected us to see A.G. somewhere around there. Number Hmm. four, Dalvin Cook from the Vikings. Number three, Nick Chubb from the Browns. Number two, Carson Wentz's old teammate, Jonathan Taylor. And number one, Derrick Henry from the Titans. A.G. is nowhere to be found on that top 10 list. No.
2: And and, and based upon... Based upon his fumbling issues, I don't see him being there. I, I just don't. That that drops you out of a lot of stuff, man. It it goes back to it goes back to, okay, remember Matt Jones? Oh yeah. Matt, jo- Matt Jones was a huge bruiser running back, and we just knew even a Scott McCormick if I'm not mistaken. He was a huge running back. I mean, the kid could do no wrong except for fumble the pill. And then who was his replacement? Fat Rob Kelly, Rob <laughs> Kelly came in, and and and, and what they say, uh, he's too chubby. But then, and he had an okay year. But then when he he had, that's when he had the uh, the the braids, the dreads, if you want to call it. And then he came back that next year, and I was looking for Fat Rob, and guess what? Fat Rob, got his hair, Fat Rob was slim. Rob, he trimmed down. I say all that to say. If you can't play, you can't play. If you got a fumbling problem, I don't care if you cut your hair. I don't care if you lose weight. I don't care if your liver is whatever. I, you got a problem, bro. Let's not make any excuses, all right? I love my, my squad. I do. And I want the best man on the team. And if he fumbles the rock, unfortunately, it's a doggy dog league. You got to go. You got to ride the pine. That's just how it is because – I did something for the first time I've never done. i bet on this team for the over. I told you that. So you did. if he's going to make me lose my money, then I need him to find the fine. I don't care how much I like him, all right?
1: <laughs> and, you know, Jonathan Taylor actually had three fumbles last year, too, but he had 1,800 yards. So obviously, he's got to be high on that list. You know, Derrick Henry's still number one and Taylor's number two. But to have him not even be on the list, where you've got below him yardage wise last season, you know with Damian Harris, you know Derek Henry got hurt last year, Gibson wasn't even an honorable mention. They actually on gave uh, Austin Eckler from the Chargers, Ezekiel Elliott from the Cowboys, and Saquon an honorable mention, and bypassed Antonio Gibson. So. That was kind of frustrating to hear that they didn't even give him a, Hey, and this is his peers. This isn't a bunch of analysts who are just looking at stats. These are scouts. These are executives. These are players that don't think a G is top 10 in the league.
2: Well, I think that he probably should be above Ezekiel because Ezekiel didn't even play a lot last year. And even when he did play, he put the pill on the ground a lot. So um. Yeah, I, it could be back to where they just aren't giving the squad any love right now. That's, that's, that's possible. What it, that's what it sounds like.
1: Yeah, and let your player on the field fuel you. So AG came out, and he loves tweeting. So he came out and said, I love the hate, hate capitalized with a fire emoji on there. So we talked last week about Terry being disrespected on some of these lists and putting this up in his locker, even though he doesn't need that fuel. I can definitely see AG putting this list in his locker or maybe putting it inside his helmet to give him that extra fuel, not to mention the competition he's got with Brian Robinson behind him. But now a bunch of your peers don't think that you're worthy. I'm hoping this just lights and kicks another gear into him where he balls out and he has a Jonathan Taylor type year for Carson Wentz because we know how Carson does when he's got a back that can carry the load and make sure that they can't just stack the box against him.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, you never know what stimulates a human being to, to make you want to do better. So if this is something that helps, hey man, I'm all for it. You know, Matt Jones, they gave him a football that, what is it, did it vibrate or it beeped or something? <laughs> the way he, when, when he didn't hold it tight enough, it made us that's what it was. When he didn't hold it tight enough, it beat. So give A Antonio Gibson that phantom football through here. If he doesn't hold it tight enough, it beats or buzzes or does whatever have you, so that he can let him know that he needs to hold the ball harder, you know, because we, we need you, A G. We do.
1: We do, we do, and I'm hoping he shows up and he's there. But speaking of hoping, we asked for some questions in our mailbag and, you know, fingers crossed, we got them. So to end the show out, we wanted to uh, get to some of your mailbag questions. So I'm not sure if you've seen these yet, but Reginald Skinner on Twitter said, tell us your feelings on the fan lottery misses for Training King. So Reginald, I think we kind of touched on that maybe earlier on in the show, but I really appreciate you listening. You're always chiming in. You're always liking the posts online. So thanks for that. Another one he said is, what are your feelings on buying new merch for the season?
2: Well, if my shirt doesn't, or my jersey doesn't speak volumes already for that question, I love it. I'm going to tell you that, and I'm not being a homer. I actually believe that our jerseys are the best jerseys that are out right now. I believe our helmets are top choice. Our uniforms are going to be banging and I can't wait for them to come out with more because I want more. There are people who want more. They want them to do the right thing, get names correct and sizes (laughs) correct. And don't just cancel orders mid shipment, but the fans want it. It's proven. I bet if we could figure out a statistic from fanatics or the other fans edge or, 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 the other ones that that's out there that I wouldn't doubt. Commander's gear is is top five. I wouldn't doubt that because people have been trying to buy it in droves and they just can't get enough of it.
1: Oh, we definitely have to be up there. I'd say probably top two. But for those that aren't watching this on YouTube, Rally's got a pretty sweet black Commander's jersey. And if he spins around here, it says Rally Captain on the back. I mean, that thing is pretty awesome, man. I'm, I'm definitely jealous.
2: Oh, man, don't be jelly. Don't be.
1: Uh, Well, I'll get one eventually, but for me, new merchandise, you know, I mentioned earlier, I'm going to buy a McLaurin Jersey. I haven't actually put the order in yet. I'm waiting for the Washington gold day where we're allowed to go to FedEx field and ransack the store and get our discount. But there were actually a bunch of fans that started getting their fanatics orders in the mail today, you know, being July 19th. uh, I'm not sure if you saw some of these pictures, but those that are watching this on YouTube, you can see Fanatics, and this was a Fanatics mess up. This was not a Commander's mess up. Fanatics misspelled Terry McLaurin's name. And these fans have been waiting for months. They've been waiting since 2222 when the store's website went up to get their jerseys in. And now they're coming in and McLaurin is capitalized across the board. And if you go to the Fanatics website, it actually shows shows it with a capital M and a little C like it's supposed to be. So I feel bad for these fans. I know a lot of them have reached out to Fanatics and they're getting it corrected. I just can't imagine waiting six months or however long it's been and getting this package in the mail and having it not be what it was supposed to be.
2: Well, as I said earlier, man, I bought a white jersey. I checked Fanatics daily, and finally, for the longest time, they had youth jerseys specialized to where you could put whatever name that you wanted, eight characters, of course, uh, eight characters that you could put for your the, for your personalized jersey. And I waited and I waited, and finally, they came out with adult size. I jumped right on it. You talk about a smallmouth bass on a lure, boy? I chomped on <laughs> it. I bounced right on it, and it was ordered, and all of a sudden I get an email that says your jersey is in route.
1: Woohoo!
2: I was happy, man. I was elated. Then the next day after that, boom, 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 we cannot
3: fulfill your
2: order. Exactly, we cannot fulfill your order. It's been canceled. So I was hurt, bro. I was hurt, and they still have not put the white. Adult jerseys, personalized jerseys on the site as of yet. So something's going on. I don't know if there's a material shortage or whatever it is, but something's going on to where it just can't happen just yet.
1: And we did put a request in with Commander's PR to interview the new head of merchandise. So hopefully we'll get a chance to get some of those questions answered. And if any of you have questions for the head of merchandise, shoot them over, send them to us, tweet us at DMV Mess Hall, tweet me, tweet Rally, shoot us an email. DMV mess hall at gmail.com. And we'll try and ask some of those questions, assuming the commanders grant us that interview. They're kind of mad at me right now for the whole training camp thing. So we'll see what happens. But we got another question here from Eric Cassidy. Eric said, what do the stats have to look like this season for the commanders to sign Carson Wentz long-term?
2: Okay. Um, for me, well, I can't look at it from rally captain's perspective he's, he's got to in, in, in layman's terms. He's got to ball out. All right. He's, and we've got to at least when he's got to win. And I mean, win on his back, not the team's back, but his back, I say 10 games for them to, to look at signing him for a future contract with us. He's got to do at least 10. That's, that's what I feel. If not, then it's almost like it was a waste.
1: And to be clear, Carson's under contract for the next three years. It's just the team has a parachute out because none of his money is guaranteed after this season. So if he just blows it and doesn't do well, then they don't have to worry about cutting him and having dead cap space. If they want to keep him next year, they can. And they don't need to extend him. They can just keep it so... He doesn't have to worry about having any dead cat money down the road, which is what I think they're going to try and do. But if the team wants to commit to Carson long-term last year, he was 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions with a QB rating of 94.6. He doesn't have to have that with us. We just need to have competent play. We need Carson to not lose the game. We need Carson to get us into a situation. Those that, you know, remember the Alex Smith years, that was painful. He had, and I think I want to say, average less than 170 yards a game, but he was winning the games. So no one really cared. Ready so all around
2: winning the game. Yeah.
1: Do I want Carson to be a field general like an Alex Smith? Hell no. We have weapons. We got Terry. We got Jahan. We got Mr. Glass. We got JD. We have people that can open up the field, and Scott Turner can finally open up that playbook. But I can't have Carson throwing that left-handed pass and making boneheaded mistakes. If he can play within the system and play within the game to me, you throw the stats out the window. He went 16 and 16 for the Eagles, 16 to 15 for the Eagles in 2020, 2,600 yards. But I still guarantee he had a better year than noodle arm, you know, <laughs> Is he going to have a better year than who's the guy that doesn't eat meat? He's, he's kind of dead to me until he has a steak. Uh, the guy we drafted, I can't think of his name right now.
2: The, the, oh, uh, quarterback. quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: I guarantee he's still going to be better than him. So I will be okay with Carson as long as he can show that he can command this offense and doesn't have a higher interception to touchdown ratio. Which is a low bar, but considering we had Gilbert Grape as a quarterback here. And butt fumble.
2: And the offensive coordinator, you got a busted play here. And then, oh, no. and then
0: Sanchez gets hit, the ball is loose and it's alive. I have never seen this before in my life. Watch this, Vince Wilford is gonna throw Brandon Moore back into mm. his
1: quarterback. He's gonna fumble the football. This you know, the bar is pretty low. Oh
2: Man. Been rough, bro. (laughs) When you when you look back at this, this has been really rough, man. But the true diehards have done what? We stuck it out, and now we see that there seems to be light at the end of the tunnel. And like you said, okay, don't be a field general. Just don't put us in a position where we're gonna lose the game. And I think everything else will come to pass.
1: I hope so, man. I hope so. And while I'm sending this out. I actually uh, just got a tweet from one of the player's agents that might be setting us up with passes. So we might be good, brother. Okay. Crossed. If you see us tweeting from camp on the uh, 27th or 28th, you'll know that we got passes from one of the players. So hoping I'm hoping. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so another couple of questions while we still preview the week one menu might look like for the tailgate. And uh, Eric, I got an order in for some Gator. That's all I'm gonna say. We're gonna have Gator at the tailgate. So make sure for those that haven't been, you RSVP at hailbbq.com because we got a limit on how many people we can take there. So you gotta be one of the first ones on there. RSVP opens up 10 days before the game. So I'm hoping I see you out there, man.
2: Wait a minute, kid. Am I hearing you got a lottery? <laughs> you got a lottery brother?
1: No, what are you talking about? No, it's not a lottery. It's you first come first serve. I'm not doing fans like that.
2: I'm playing, man. I know, I know. What it is.
1: I know. If you're good enough <laughs> to remind yourself to sign up, that hey, you're good enough to come out. But, and and you I, gotta
2: tell you, I gotta tell you, man, I'm not just saying it just be saying it, but you throw one hell of a tailgate. And that's why I always have to make my way to your tailgate. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, you know, and I'm sure this year isn't gonna be any different, but, you know, I get invited to like 12 tailgates each, each home game. And so I try my best to walk that whole lot and go to the tailgates that people have invited me to. So I walk the entire lot and your stop is almost, I think, number five out of the 12. So, yeah.
1: No, and I appreciate that, man. I know that the tailgate is actually winding down when I see you show up because you've made your way through everybody else and then you get a chance you know actually come on by stop by before you head in and for those that hear the song in the background this is uh, in honor of a good friend of mine a good friend of rallies a good friend of the fan base today is 6 years since we lost chief z and chief would come to the tailgate he would hang out he would drive his cart around FedEx field and visit everybody's tailgate he possibly could and Chief was like a dad to me. I actually organized his funeral with the team. I cleaned out his house after we lost him. And earlier today, I asked fans to share their pictures of Chief on Twitter. And let's get Chief Z trending online. Let's get the Commanders and the Redskins trending on Twitter for a good thing, for a change. And I wanted to ask you, so this is my mailback question to you. What's one of your favorite memories of Chief?
2: One of my favorite members of Chief is he came to me. Well, we met kind of, so it was kind of a a middle of the road type of thing. I saw him, he saw me, and we started talking. And he says, Captain, I love what you're doing. Keep doing it, no matter what. Keep doing it. And that inspired me to want to try to emulate him. Because there's only one Chief. A lot of people say, you, well, you do realize that you're the next. And I said, no, there will never be another Chief Z. There's only one Chief Z. I'm rally captain. But I like to try to keep as much as I can of his life going on with us.
1: No, that's, that's an awesome story. And I'm trying not to get choked up when I hear this song. I can't listen to it. Chief had a, a single of Achy Breaky Heart. It was the only cassette tape he had in his car. And he played it constantly. And there was one time when the team moved training camp down to Richmond. And my memory is actually going to Chief's house and he lived in DC, not too far from RFK. And I got Chief a Garmin GPS because I needed to make sure he could get down to camp and not get lost. So I programmed his own home address into the GPS and I programmed the Bon Secours training center into the GPS. And I showed him how to turn it on, showed him how to hit the button to start it, and how to go. Chief had an older car, for those of you that might know, he would always have to pick up his cart and put it in the back of that thing. And midway through, he threw that thing out the window down the highway because it kept talking because he missed the turn and was yelling and he just couldn't take it anymore because he didn't know how to shut it off. And it's one of my favorite memories and stories of Chief is he called me up saying, this damn thing ain't working. And I, I'm not even gonna try and do an impression. And I had to basically pull up on MapQuest myself, like where I think he is and landmarks for him to kind of be and where he should turn to try and get there past the squirrel stadium and to make sure he actually got to camp. And wow. I miss him. I really do. And like you said, there isn't going to be another one like Chief. He was definitely one of a kind. And we miss you, buddy. And hope you're up there hanging out. Those that don't know, his best friend was a Cowboy fan, Crazy Ray. Ray. And that just shows the, that just, you know, kind of tells you that we all love football. So it doesn't matter if you believe burgundy and gold or silver and black, you know, it's all love. But with that being said, thank you for joining us on this episode of the Mess Hall. Thank you for all the emails, the texts, the likes, the subscribes, really appreciate it. Looking forward to next week and hopefully we'll have a report from training camp.
2: Fingers are crossed. And as I always say in closing, rep it hard or don't rep it at all. Rally captain, Dale Gatet, and we will be out.